welcome everyone to um something else. This isn't midnight screening. It's, it's surprise. Not... <laughs> this is a <laughs> this is a bonus thing. Um, spinoff, spinoff show. Should we call it a spinoff show? Technically, it came first, didn't it? It yeah. did. Okay, yeah. Let's explain. You want to be very the, technical. The, the madness that is. The, the f I wanted to reuse this joke, so we're calling it the same thing. Uh, if you've been following this channel for a while, you'll know me and Ty, who is here with us just now. Hey, oh. Uh, there he is. Uh, we had a show, a, a short-lived show, a little while back called What Now, which was our pop culture discussion show and review thing. Uh, that eventually got sort of taken over by Midnight Screening because we liked the format of that. Uh, what you're listening to now is What Now, episode one again. This is different. <laughs> what um, Now, episode one, V2. It's all in the title, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sure, yeah. I don't know. I've not named it yet. I've not recorded it yet. <laughs> I just did for you. You're welcome. Thank you, Josh. Um, so yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, what this show's going to be, it's going to follow the same sort of structure as Midnight Screening, just without the as strict release schedule. You know, Midnight Screening's come out once every month. This sort of whenever we have something to talk about, exact same structure, except we'll be talking about new releases. So we are giving our thoughts on new films and TV shows and things like that when they come out and they interest us. It might be all three of us talking, it might just be me and one of our regulars. It might even be people you don't know. Probably not entirely, because it'd be weird for someone yeah. else to post on my channel. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe. If they pay me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> Selling out already. Damn. But forget about that. We, we're doing a an extra special episode of a show we haven't started yet, because we are professionals like that. We're doing our best of 2021 episode here, so... I may as well introduce them. You know they're here already, but both of my Midnight Screening co-hosts are with me right now. But to prove it's a different show, I'm going to say their names in a different order. We've got Ty Hennessy. Yes. And we've got Josh Gay. Hello. And I'm your host, Nathan Needs a Username Lang. And we did the names completely out of order, and that's how you know it's different. It yeah. feels weird. I don't like it. It does. We're not yeah. doing that again. We're never <laughs> doing that again. That <laughs> should be first. I'm I'm happy being the last one to be called. That's that's a nice thing. Um, it just felt <laughs> weird saying it out of order, I'll be honest. Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so what we're going to do is we've all written our own lists of the what we think are our 10 favourite films of 2021. Oh wait, you didn't go on Rotten Tomatoes for yours? Yeah, I just picked what the internet said. <laughs> yeah, what's this I'm about? Kidding. I don't know what everyone does, just, yeah, like, I, I've <laughs> copy and pasted Empire's list. To be fair, <laughs> we, we should be clear. Top, our favourite films, I don't think any of us think these are necessarily the best films. No. No. That's, just yes. want to be clear. I definitely Let, don't. Let's get the disclaimers out of the way, yeah. A, these are purely based on personal enjoyment, these are just personalised lists for yeah, ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and B, we didn't see everything that came out this year, which is... Like, so much more true about 2021 than most yeah. years. Um, yeah, so if none of us mention your favourite film, there's a chance we didn't see it. So tell us what it was, because we want to watch it. We might check out and then get back yeah. to you and possibly call you an idiot. We, we might <laughs> we might like it. We don't know yet. Um, and uh, on that 
uh, as with every time I've ever done uh, a public best of the year list, whether it be the video from last year or the old uh, blog posts, if anyone was actually following that, mm -hmm. uh, these are using the UK release dates. If it was released within the UK within 2021, even if the initial release was before that, because we didn't get to see it before that, because we lived in yeah. the UK. Because there's one movie that's on my top 10 that was one of those. I have a couple, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's all of the... <laughs> that's the amount of research Josh puts into these episodes. <laughs> all, the IM... no. all the IMDB pages see 2021, so I'm going with it. Okay, it's... I'm presuming you're safe. What do you have pirated a film that's not out yet? <laughs> oh, that'd be impressive. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's everything that we have to get out of the way, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, so the way we'll be doing this is we'll all go through our 10th favourite and then our 9th favourite, so on, uh, in a sort of a circle, or a triangle, I guess, because there's three of us. Yeah, we're a triangle. I mean, we're it's in order. A... It's in an order. Yes. Uh, so we're we're starting with uh, with Ty, and uh, when he's ready, Ty will kick us off with what he believes to be the 10th best film of uh, one. Right. Sorry, wait, so, before um, we get started, I just need to get ready to judge this. Ugh. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. So, this wasn't my top 10. This wasn't my 10. This was my 9th. And then, obviously, I added a new one and it knocked. It knocked Jungle Cruise. Oh, okay. I do, yeah, um, Red Notice. The Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds movie. Yes. <laughs> yep. Josh, I watched 15 movies and that came out in 2021. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> it was between Red Notice and Jungle Cruise, and I did, I enjoyed Red Notice more than Jungle Cruise. That's fair. <clears throat> <laughs> I, you got something to say there, bud? I, I mean, you this, tell us why Red Notice is there, and then I'm going to go on a rant about Red Notice, but you go first, please. <laughs> fair enough. Um... Red Notice is there because, like, I know it's, it is just another Dwayne Johnson's huge, Ryan Reynolds is funny, and Gal Gadot's hot movie, but, like, the quirky stuff, and, like, weirdly, it was written really well. Like, the whole, the story as a whole flowed perfectly. It was, it was weird. Like, I expected, like, the usual cars blowing up action type thing yes it has that but it also has like an actual good script behind it i think that you that you done there yeah red notice is a film that cannot decide what it is and this is why i couldn't watch this and not get confused right. i'm okay. sorry ty but that's fair i'll disagree film, with some of your movies the film starts as some sort of like heist semi-action thing with ryan reynolds doing parkour around a museum Fair enough. Yep. But then, about half an hour later, the film's like, you know what, we're going to make this a prison break movie. But, you know, that kind of works. You can kind of guide that in, sure. But then they go all the way out, and they're like, we're going to make this film into Indiana Jones, here's a Nazi bunker. <laughs> and then, ooh, big spin-off. Yeah, yes, Nathan, yes. And to make it so much worse, they did the classic <laughs> thing that Netflix has done with all of their movies, and instead of ending the film when it should have ended, they were just like, but we're going to add in this one extra scene so that we can get a sequel. Boom. Yeah, 100% there's going to be a sequel. But yeah, I, Nate, want to it just... 
I work Nazi out bunker. I've not seen this movie. There's a Nazi bunker in Reynolds. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, at one point, bunker. Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson go from being like art thief slash a CIA agent, and they're like, you know what? We want to change what genre this movie is from heist slash action to adventure. So let's go to some sort of African jungle, and there's a Nazi bunker with all this treasure here. Yeah, right, Josh, I hate car. to tell you this. This sounds amazing. I'm adding no, this to no. my watch list. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's so stupid. It's another it's another Dwayne Johnson is in the jungle in a shirt movie. But Jungle but Cruise was fun. So jungle Cruise was fine. Uh, I'm sorry, right. like the, the my whole concept of a movie is if if the cast bounce off each other well. I don't think Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt bounced off each other that well. You know, fair enough. I will respect this decision, Ty. I'll just respect it very quietly and never bring it up again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, we're going to have a bit of like, um, controversy, haven't we? Yeah, this be has fair, been a be fantastic fair. story. Yeah, I am happy you brought that up because I did want to rant about Red Notice. So, <laughs> and, we're, and we're not doing a worst off list because that would be insufferable. Nathan, oh. please watch it and tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, I think I have to see this now. Um, yeah, there's a Nazi bunker. Oh, yeah, there's also a car in the Nazi bunker. Yeah, there's a very expensive car in the Nazi bunker. Naturally. Very expensive. This still runs after being in a dusty bunker for, yeah. you know, like 80 years. But it gets started like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, like the little thing in the front, like a wind up car. <clears throat> yeah. There you have it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Josh. Uh-huh. What have you got for, for number 10? So my number 10 of the year is something that... Yeah, no, I'm not surprised it made the top 10, actually. It's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay. So, just for clarification, I've got a feeling if I didn't watch Black Widow this year, this would have been nowhere near as good in my eyes. But just to start with, the fact that compared to Black Widow, this film was great really helps me think fondly of it. I've not watched it a second time, so that might change that. But I think Shang-Chi does what Marvel have been doing the last like 10 years the exact same way but it somehow just does it with enough fun in it and not taking itself seriously with a lot of the bits that means it's enjoyable and then the dragon comes in it's just like wow this film's dumb i'm gonna keep watching it <laughs> but i think shang chi nails the action scenes really well in a way that especially black widow just didn't do because it's not needlessly knifey or daft and then it also just it's fun to watch especially if you're a fan of the comics where it's not tied in with the rest of the mcu enough to like make you need to have all this in-depth knowledge and constantly be thinking back to old films but instead you can just enjoy this film and it's a nice one and it's marvel so yeah wow that's yeah. low. i don't have anything to to disagree with with that one. Oh, ty you think that's low that's low um <laughs> yeah it's low okay on... i mean it's your choice it's your decision but Damn. I mean, it might. It almost got knocked out completely. So, oh my god, no. I really can't uh, wait for your other nine. When I tell you, wait till I tell you my ten, my number ten that almost got knocked out completely. Uh huh. Uh, it's don't uh, say don't. Let's get don't let's get out of the way. My number ten, Spider-Man: No Way Home. That that's your number ten. My number ten, which I want to clarify, is wow. mainly <laughs> just because uh. Look, I didn't see a lot of films this year. This wasn't a fantastic year for films. But I was exceptionally lucky with what I did see this year. I saw some great stuff. Yeah, I did the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I think this film exactly. would have been That's higher. In a, I think this film might have been higher in a different year for me. But um, yeah, this... Uh, I complain 
a lot about Marvel yep. and what they do and how they structure things quite publicly. <laughs> it's most of my YouTube channel outside of this show is that more or less. But I think No Way Home is the first example of what I'm actually looking for with their fan servicey nonsense. Like I don't care if it's not the most perfectly structured film or the best written film of all time or whatever. As a Spider-Man fan, this was the most fun I've had in a cinema in quite a long time. Like, yeah, just sitting there, I'll, smiling to, to myself, yet. having fun. And that's, yeah, like, that's a big part of why I think all of us like films in the first place and why we got into movies is the ones that were just fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, it's just nice to see a film with just so much respect and love to everything Spider-Man related, even the stuff that isn't good. Mm. Interesting. I've got, I've Brilliant. got, I mean, slight spoiler there, Spider-Man is on my list in a wee bit, so I've got a lot Same. more I could say on that, so I'll save it That's for it, Yeah, I'm, but I'm not expecting everything you said, there, yeah, yeah, I fully agree with, yeah, it was great, and that, ex the viewing experience for Spider-Man No Way Home was just, it was just really fun. Yeah, I think that was my favourite, not my favourite film, but definitely my favourite cinema-going experience of the year. Yeah. Was sitting there, uh, yeah, surrounded by other people who are just as excited about seeing this. Yeah, that's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, if you somehow haven't seen it yet. Even though it's made all the money. Yes. All the money. I mean, all I just... It, it, did we, no one has any money. Yeah, I did just see it last night. <laughs> you did? Yeah, that's a So, that um, took me... That took me a minute. Yeah. Hi. Speaking of you. Yeah. What's your number nine? My number nine is um, Fear Street, nineteen ninety four. Ooh, nineteen ninety four. Oh. Interesting. We both yes. interested because it was yeah the, the number I was expecting. <laughs> oh, that's mainly because I've watched the other two. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, okay. You should do that. <laughs> you should. I yeah, should you will. That. You will love seventy eight. <laughs> yeah. Um. Reasons all my top ten is because. It's just, do you ever, how long, like, how long has it been since you've watched a horror movie that you really should turn off because you're so fucking creeped out by it, but you don't because you want to see what happens? Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt with Fear Street. S like, s just, ah. Oh. Like, I should turn you off because I hate this, but I love it at the same time. It's just so good. Yeah. I get that. I mean, if you don't see yeah. the second one, the, or the third one, I won't spoil no. too much. But I think yeah, we won't go to it, I agree yeah. with what you're saying. But Fear yeah. Street 1994 also does a great job setting up these like trilogy of films. That are the just... other two, yeah. Netflix has brought back like a slasher type film for these three films that is just ridiculously different from what all the others have been. Yet gives you that sense of sameness that actually makes it fun to yeah. watch. But yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And since I'm... and since I know this isn't like spoiler like thing with territory the girl that like had her wrist cut that sang as she was walking oh. towards you oh my god i hated it yeah. but i wanted to see what would happen yeah you always thought the ones I'm... you love like uh hi i'm so glad you brought up fear street because i did have mm -hmm. to knock fear street out of my list oh wow mm. like that was one of my last cuts was was the fear street films these are so fun though like yeah the trilogy as a whole, these are... 
like, like Josh, you were saying, it, it, it feels like they brought back slashers, but correctly, they're really, yeah. they're legit horror films with like good scares in them, but they're also so campy mm. and not too oh, self serious. Yeah. They're really fun, sort of popcorny horror films to watch. Like, yeah, and I'm definitely going back to them. Like, oh, yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch. What was it 1978 and. 1666. Yeah. It should tell you how seriously to take these films that one of them is set in 1666. (laughs) I'm still like 80% sure they picked that date because 666, but. Oh, they did. Absolutely. 100%. I'm genuinely glad you you brought that up because I I wasn't sure we were going to get a chance to talk about Fear Street. (laughs) Yeah, like I I really enjoyed it. And the the five that got knocked out, or sorry, six, um, Apart from Jungle Cruise, were real dumb, so I just kind of ignored them. Um, Josh, your turn. What's number nine? Yeah. So my number nine, this is a bit of a curveball, I think, to both you guys at least, is mm-hmm. Army of Thieves. That's right. Not Army, Army of, of the Dead, Thieves. but Army of Thieves. Right. Ah. To explain this one, I've seen both, both of these films, both Army of the Dead and Army of Thieves. Army of the Dead was another zombie film that just was t- almost t- thought out too much so it's not on this list i'll tell you that right now it was kind of crap after half an hour but army of thieves is what i think was the epitome of just fun films this year because there were so many points where it felt like they were going to try and take it seriously and i think they might have been trying to take it seriously but it was just fun they had all these like goofy bits the characters worked well together and even like the twists they throw in in this film it's just kind of like hit and you just laugh at it. They've not tried. It doesn't seem like they've tried too hard to make a very well thought out, complicated film about stealing from safes. Instead, they've just been like almost poking fun at all these other heist movies whilst having some fun characters. And the actor, I forget his name, for the lead character, nailed the role. It was just great. I do. I need to say this. I do like a good heist movie, which was part of my problem with. What's the one? Army of the Dead? Yeah. You just said it and I forgot it already. <laughs> um, uh, it was my problem with that is it's not a great heist movie or a great zombie movie. Yeah, like I think that's the thing. Okay. With Army of the Thieves, it just doesn't work. The one, the one big issue I will say with Army of the Thieves is that it constantly is reminding us that it's part of the same universe because every now and again there'll be a news clip or a mention of oh the zombies and it takes away from the film being what it is. I think if this film was its own thing, it would have been so much better. I'm still curious why they released them that way around yeah i have no clue like it would i think it, it sounds cool if they did like a, a an interesting heist movie with like hints to like this zombie break and then did a zombie movie after that but yeah i think i would have enjoyed this movie slightly more <laughs> then because i mean its tagline is more safes less zombies so <laughs> so josh the lead actor is matthias swyoff who's also the yeah. director who's also the he director Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> the more you know. No, but yeah, it's just a fun film. And the, the actors and the characters are just really well written to make you just enjoy it and not have to like overly think and be like, oh, you've put too much effort into making uh, an overly complicated film. Another one I need to, I still need to check out. Right. What is my number nine? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I was on the wrong page. I was looking up Army of Thieves and I'm doing <laughs> Um, my number nine is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
Yeah, changing the tone slightly. <laughs> slightly? Yeah, this, a little bit. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about fun action movies. I'm I'm doing the hard hitting drama here. Yeah, two <laughs> horrors and a drama. Yeah, this is uh Yeah, this is not the easiest watch. Um but I have a real problem with films that are like you know if I say important films? You know what yeah. I mean by that? Like on often they're just not good. Because they write off the idea that like they're important, their stories that need to be told, so they've just kinda cast someone that looks like this important person and just filmed whatever, you know, that'll do. This is the antithesis of those kind of movies, you know? Like, as someone that really hated Green Book, this is what I've been, like, looking for. It's so perfectly crafted in, in terms, of, like, its screenplay. It's so well written. The dialogue is just so punchy. The lead performances by Daniel Cloyer and Lakeith Stanfield are phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, it's just the structure that just sort of blew me away and there's never like a, a downtime or you know dead air where the characters are talking about like what's going on and what needs to happen and the revolution or whatever you're just sort of watching it unfold like you were there brilliant mm. if it yeah this is one of the films i don't think a lot of people saw but it should be fair i do want to see it i just you're right i've not seen it yet but it's interesting <laughs> that's, that's... I think that's the same for a lot of people, but yes, absolutely worth seeing. And, um, you know I like my interesting little bits of trivia? Yeah. Sure. It's some words. So this is, again, this is a, it's a movie about the Black Panthers. You know, very serious, difficult topic to make a film about. Uh, do you know who, who wrote this movie? Oh, it's a white guy, isn't it? No, no. <laughs> that would have, have cancelled the film instantly. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, yeah, two thirds of this film are Kenneth and Keith Lucas, otherwise known as the Lucas Brothers. Um, have you boys seen 22 Jump Street? Yes. You yep. know the twins? Them? That no Lucas Brothers. The yeah. comedians? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, which no. I didn't know until I watched the Oscars at the start of the year and the Lucas Brothers were sitting there and under their name it said. Uh, Kenneth Lucas, Keith Lucas, writers, Judas and the Black Messiah, and I did a spit Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think goes a long way to explain why the screenplay to this is so fresh and different to every similar film. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's, yeah, it's huh. a very outsider voice. Like, it's uh, so good. So good. Interesting. Not expecting that, but cool. No. <laughs> um yeah ty what you got for number eight uh coming at number eight is free guy hey interesting yeah, yeah. um i mean it's ryan reynolds and taika waititi what more do you need no but like this this so like so easily could have became another bog standard um like i'm trying to say this it could have became just another, like, like, oh yeah, this is how it is. Kind of like the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lego movie's good, but, like, it's missing something that I think Free Guy has. And I, I'm not, I can't quite put a finger on it. And also, it's really funny when he, like, gets all the powers. 
and then you know the little cameo from Chris Evans was hilarious. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know why I like. I, I, I like this movie. It's just it was really funny. Like a, me and Ashley sat there and watched it one day. We were just like that is actually just genuinely funny. Fair enough. I mean, I get it. It wasn't a bad movie. No. We also take a minute though. This year for Ryan Reynolds has been kind of insane. Has anyone else noticed mm. this? He's been in quite a bit of like big money making films as well. Because he was in Free yeah. Guy, we've discussed Red mm-hmm. Notice. He also had the Hitman's wife body, white Hitman Debbie, Hitman's wife Hitman's bodyguard, bodyguard came out yeah. this year. Yeah, which I forgot was, that existed. <laughs> which wasn't great. Don't don't get me wrong, but he was still in it. Like he's yeah. he's been a busy guy this yeah. year. I think um yeah, Free Guy I think's the best example of like, and it was probably his best film of the year, at least what I saw. Um. I like Free Guy. Free Guy's again. You said it's it's actually really funny. Yeah. Um, which is actually saying quite a lot personally because I think I've spoken to both of you about how done I am with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Like I, uh, I like him, but I just kind of want him to stop being in movies for a year. <laughs> I'm so done with his shtick. But he did. Yeah, I I really liked. Yeah, I liked Free Guy for the most part. There's some really good. Yeah. It's a lot smarter than it should be. Yeah. Yeah. How I'd put it. <laughs> right, Josh. Oh, yeah. Number yeah. eight, what you got? Uh, bear with, I've got the wrong tab open. Um, <laughs> Number eight for me, right. <clears throat> I'm going to try not to go on way too long of a rant for this one. Uh, Nathan, you'll okay. know why as soon as I say the film. Oh, name. yes. You're ranting about it's a time. film. It's time. <laughs> okay. My number eight, and it pains me that it's even this high. Is June. Yeah. Uh, right. June. <laughs> the Timothy Chalamet, the Jason Momoa, the Zendaya, the just the star-studded cast, direct, well-directed film June. In fact, the only reason this film is on my top ten is because it is a beautiful-looking film, and the cinematography in this film is amazing. However, the entire two and a half hours of this film is entirely just setting up for the next several films that they're going to make. I, at no point in this film, got excited or thought even the climax of this film got to its peak. I watched the full two and a half hours and thought, okay, so you just sequel baited for a whole two and a half hours. The whole yeah. film. Uh, um, context, I, like, context for listeners. Um, the big part of the reason I wanted to do this list and do this list blind where we didn't know each other's picks was because... Um, Dune came out kind of halfway through the year, and I think me and Josh have spent about the last six months going back and forth over the quality of Dune. <laughs> anyway, another... Uh, right, so, I get that it's a film with a big world, and you, there's a lot of setting up you see, there's a lot of explanations, you need to show the, the all the political standpoints and stuff like that, but here's the thing. Other films can do that within the first half hour to an hour. But because this film's got so much and they want it to be so nice to the books, which I can respect, okay, I get that, they spent the whole two and a half hours and it's like, as soon as you're introduced to a new character and you're kind of understanding where they lie in this whole universe, there's a whole new clan that's inserted here and you now have to learn that. There's just too much going on. And the whole thing has been like, oh, this, 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 this. Half of them end up dying so they don't even have to deal with them in the next film. And it's just... And then all the things in the next film are saying it's going to be a lot more fun and a lot more action-filled because the first one was so boring. <laughs> oh. 
I don't Sorry. Wanna, <laughs> I don't wanna rebuttal you too much now, Josh, for again, spoilery reasons, the same reason you didn't jump in too much on Spider Man. Um But I do wanna clarify I I love this movie. Um but yeah, I'll get into it later. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's his eighth favorite film of the year. It just yeah. he talked so nicely about two other movies. <laughs> I get it. the only reason it's up there is because it looks beautiful. That was if, my point. If it that, wasn't that's directed how... so well. Yeah, that's how pretty this movie is. Like, <laughs> um, I'll jump in another incredibly just pretty looking beautiful movie. Uh, my number eight is Nomadland. That's mm. yeah, so on the uh, list for me to see. Yeah, phenomenal film. If you, if you're like me, and you're perfectly okay sitting through a film about absolutely nothing, just for the sake of looking at a real nice landscape, watch Nomadland. Every other shot in this movie is a desktop wallpaper, like, is gorgeous. Uh, phenomenally performance as always from the wonderful Francis McDormand. Um, and also, right, we weren't doing a, a worst films of the year list. We weren't here to drag films. But the fact I'm talking about a Chloe Zhao movie does allow me to mention Eternals for a second. But you don't have to, because then you really don't have to mention it. <laughs> Not too much. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, don't. I don't like. Okay, I don't like Eternals at all. Um, but if you're like me and you watch Eternals and went. You, it felt like you wanted to like it because it, it looks real nice, you know. Eternals has those great on like on location shots. If you want to justify your opinion for thinking like Eternals should be good because it's clearly directed beautifully, just watch Nomadland. Watch Chloe Zhao and her actual element making the kind of thing she's good at. Like this is yeah, this is cinema. You know what I mean? We've been talking a lot about movies. This is a film. It's one of those, uh, yeah, I don't, it's not that, I don't have a lot to say about it, not because I don't want to spoil it, but because there's not a lot, there's not a lot to it. Happens. It? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's just a really pretty, pretty movie, uh, with a, a good sort of little heart to it, and a, and a great lead. So yeah, you should, we should watch it. It's something I've been meaning to watch, but again, it's one of those ones of, this looks like a serious film. Ooh, really yeah, daft film. <laughs> You kind of do need to like sit and watch it, yeah. Well, there's like, I was talking about Spider-Man earlier. You can, <laughs> yeah, they're different experiences. Um, where are we? Seven. Yeah. Uh, we'll be now, yeah. Yeah, we said tie. What's your seven? So my number seven is um, Gunpowder Milkshake. Okay. What? <laughs> Gunpowder Milkshake. I I don't think I've heard of this film. Yeah, it's actually solid. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake is... Uh, how to describe it without giving away too much? It's female espionage, essentially. So it's starring uh, Karen Gillan. Gillan? Okay, yeah. Karen Gillan. Um, essentially, she's a, an assassin. And then she's sent to deal, like... She's sent to do some stuff. Then she ends up picking a, a child. Then she ends up, like, meeting, like, finding her mum. 
and like three librarians that are actually mental and then yeah it's like it's like female john wick but it's actually quite good you know sometimes you you hear the words like like oh it's a really sexist when i say this but female something and then you're like oh it's just gonna like repeat this song just with like a female lead this actually does it well so whoever wrote gunpowder milkshake kudos they actually pulled it off like the cast is like pretty is that solid. lena headley that is yeah huh. lena hede uh carla Gugino, michelle you and angela angela bassett and paul giamatti so yeah it's actually like, a solid like, cast <laughs> yeah like it is it's literally think john wick but with female leads with women yeah but it legitimately works it is an action movie and by god karen gillian is good at that weirdly she's very good at that yeah it's like, it's weird. Heard of that. yeah and lila hede is like is very is exceptional as well and angela bassett's well it's angela bassett <laughs> she crushes shit so yeah, like yeah, like if if you're looking for that action movie where you can kind of switch off with the action because it is just like guns and stuff, then yeah, go for Gunpowder Milkshake. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's another one. I'll need to check it. <laughs> yes. See, this is fun. We're giving each other recommendations here. Yeah. I say that then segueing into Josh's pick, which I don't know what it's going to be, and I'm now expecting something we've definitely all seen. Uh, I think we have all seen this one. I know you have at least. <laughs> what, you, you, uh, what you got for uh, seven then, Josh? So my number seven is probably the most comic book, comic book movie I possibly have ever seen. Within reason, but definitely most comic book, comic book movie that's live action I've ever seen, and that is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Of course. This film. I oh just, my I just god, I forgot about this. the Suicide Squad. Oh, you for- Oh, see. This <laughs> film. Oh, man, I watched it. It totally would have made my top 10. It would have knocked out Red Notice. Oh, yeah, can we just quickly change it? <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> nah, I think the, the thing oh, I loved about yeah. this film is that it's just. James Gunn had fun with it, and so did all oh, the actors. Shit. I spent. John Cena loved. I just loved him in this because he clearly just had fun. I think that is just everything. I think that kind of sums up this film for me is that it's just fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. It accepts what it is and just rolls with it. I think because of that, I I can just enjoy it. I've watched it twice now and it's just both times. It's just enjoyable to watch. There's no points, even like the bits of the film that aren't as good. I'm not like, oh, it's a bad part. It's just, this is fun. Starfish is another name for a butthole. Could that be something to <laughs> Could do that with be it? Something? <laughs> yeah. Josh, I this oh, is another shit. one. Uh like with Fear Street, I'm so glad you brought up because it was one of my last cuts. Oh man. And maybe the one I was most upset about not having on my list. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a great movie. So I loved good. it. Yeah. It was really good, yeah. We talked about Super uh on the show. Yes. Um, another James Gunn movie. I think I, I don't know if it made the cut or not because I've not listened back to the episode in a while. You mean on the other show? On yeah, the other, the main show. Yeah. Not on this spin-off side 
um, but yeah, we we talked about Super, and I think I talked at the time how there's a style to James Gunn that is difficult to explain, but is incredibly him that is missing in like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. The Suicide Squad was absolutely that James Gunn with the budget of a Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Again, I'm so glad you actually brought that up, Josh. Yeah, anytime. That's what I'm here for. Got the Suicide Squad. That's why it's fun doing uh, your top ten with other people because they might just pick the things you cut. Um, (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) So mad. I forgot about it. Right, um, after saying saying I cut the Suicide Squad and people knowing just my general tastes in movies, this next one might surprise y'all a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my number seven is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Hey, number seven? My number seven, yeah. Is that our first double? I think it is, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. So much more than I thought I was gonna. Like... And again, I've already mentioned in this episode how jaded of Marvel I get. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, here it is. <laughs> Number seven. I think what this film did for me... Hey Josh, you were talking about like it's it's basically the same Marvel formula, but it's not taking itself too seriously to get annoying. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. But what I'd add is... Until the kind of ending, like, where it gets really over the top and ridiculous, it's just set piece after set piece. Like a classic martial arts film is. It's just excuse to get the character in this location for a fun fight scene, and excuse to get the character in this new location for an even more fun fight scene, and then... Like, this film would make my top ten just for the bus fight alone. Ah, uh, you brought like, it up, damn it. That thing is amazing. <laughs> I was um, going to bring up the bus fight. Yeah. We can talk about it again. I'm fine talking about it twice. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, that that was yeah. a great scene. Yeah, That is one of the that's one of my favourite scenes of the year. Probably closely followed by the scaffolding set piece later in the film. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it I, does. It, I it have starts to, to fall, say about that one. Okay. It starts to fall apart a little bit towards the end um, when it gets a little more fantastical and marvelly, but but yeah, the yeah, power think... of a fun blockbuster. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. all I need sometimes. I think just on the back of what you said there, though, is you're right at the end, it does get like really bigger. But I think because the whole rest of the film has just been so lighthearted and fun, it gets away with that a lot more than some other films do. Because it's just yeah. like, oh, you know what? Fine. There's a dragon. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm having enough fun to not care. <laughs> like, right. Uh... Number six. Number Ty, six. What have you got for number six? Uh, Cruella. Okay. Interesting. That was another last minute cut for me, so... Yeah, when I first heard (laughs) about Cruella, I was was along the same boats as most of the internet as Emma Stone will never come anywhere close to Glenn Close. And do you know what? She didn't have to. She embodied, like, Cruella herself, and bloody hell, she was was amazing. (laughs) As Cruella. Like, she was great. Like, I could legitimately... I could legitimately watch the next... I could watch 101 Dalmatians with Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. She was great. And just uh, visually, it was like the shit she did with like, the dresses was mental. And I'm sorry, this girl never slept. <laughs> I'm just saying, between like the day job and the night shit, she never slept whatsoever. Uh, and then the the bit with the the um the party after the dogs went missing it when where they have the the art what's his name art uh, singing the song mm-hmm. and like everyone's in Dalmatian I'm like oh my god did she legitimately kill animals yeah that was what I kind of like Cruella is a very camp over the top movie yes that never at any point lets up on how camping over the top it is. Nope. Which I highly respect for this kind of film. Like that's so rare. I think yeah, the moment I fully was like, no, I, I'm I like this. I went more with this was seeing a punk rock cover of I Wanna Be Your Dog by the Stooges yeah. <laughs> like played live by one of her little henchmen. <laughs> like And also another solid cast, like there was Emma yeah. Stone, there was Mark Strong, there was Emma Thompson. And also Stingray from Cobra Kai. Oh, you were in this film? <laughs> I wish I was in this film. This, made, this film made bank. This film got that Disney money. Uh-huh. So I'm, I think I'm the only one that's not seen this yet, so I've been quiet. But I, I think it's like Cruella, Both yeah. of you like it. I'll, I'll get it yeah. on the watch list. Cruella is... It's one of those films that's just so much better than it needed to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, there was more care put into making this and it was was actually required, but that's yeah. a- appreciated because it's a good movie. Because I guarantee all oh, the yeah. shit the internet said, like, she'll never be as good as Glenn Close. Emma Stone knows that. So she was like, I... I'm not trying to be Glenn Close. I'm going to be me playing Cruella. I also think... um I just showed Jeremy back of like you're talking about the internet sort of reaction to Cruella. Mm. This film is to me an example of why internet armchair criticism often doesn't work. You know, like Twitter criticism. Yeah. Because yeah, you can point out the ridiculousness of this film and some of the like bizarre plot elements. And if you put them on paper without showing the the context of how what the film is actually like, yeah, you can tear it apart. Yeah. But you've missed the film. <laughs> like, yeah, it's one that you need to sit and actually watch it. Don't just read the the clip notes of it because it is silly. Mm. But it knows it. Yeah. Um. Right, Josh. We'll actually let you talk for a bit. Which? Yeah. <laughs> What's your number six? So I think my number six probably the biggest curveball. No one. Neither of you's. I don't think either of you's have seen. Mm. Neither of you's will expect because it came out it came out like on the back end. But it's the film The Harder They Fall. Okay. I've been meaning to see this, yes. This is the the new Western by Netflix with like a pretty big cast. But to be honest, I don't care about the cast. In fact, the film itself was very it was pretty good. Like it was a really good film. But I think just the chance to go and watch them make a Western a Western again, but with today's filmography and just looking as good as it was. It's kind of what hooked me to this. Like I, I, I do every now and again enjoy watching one of the really old westerns. Really get into it, but I think I've always got that like problem of like you know, I've always wondered what it'd be like to see a proper western done nowadays. It wasn't the crap Magnificent Seven, for example. Um, 
But seeing this, I think the Lone Ranger. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about that one. (laughs) Also, ridiculous sex. Yeah, Josh, the ridiculous sex. Okay, so all you're doing is making me like this film more because I'm realizing (laughs) how long it's been since they made a good western. (laughs) But yeah, I think they just nail it because they do all the westerny tropes with some new things in there, and it's just, it's an enjoyable watch as well. That looks good and just there was a few points I was just happy because it felt like. Clint Eastwood could walk on the screen at any moment and it would feel right almost because they've just nailed it and even they throw in like some t- plot twists and stuff and like it's all cool but at no point was the plot the thing that really kind of like engrossed me I will be I will say that and the thing with this film was just that they made a western and I loved it that's actually yeah I think we have similar enough like opinions on movies that I totally agree. Just the phrase "they made a western" is enough of a selling point. <laughs> I will yeah. be watching this. <laughs> it was good. Uh, right, my number six. Uh, I have the wrong table then. Uh, I have <laughs> "Sound of Metal" as my number six. Okay, I've heard uh, you talk about this so much. Yes, I adored this movie. Yeah, Amazon original from from early in the year. Uh, about a, a drummer who's who goes deaf, um, and that's really it. It's a very simple film. You just uh, see how this guy who used to live for for music is is adapts to to his new life being being deaf basically. Mm. Um, phenomenally performance by uh, I have forgotten his name, and that's made me sad because I like him a lot. Riz Ahmed. Yeah, probably performance by Riz Ahmed. Uh, brilliantly directed. It looks again one of those films that just looks really pretty. I'm noticing now I have two films on here about people living in vans. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a that theme for me this year. Roughly the same time as each other as well. Yeah, from right at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, but what really grabbed at this film, if you're gonna watch it, this is one of the very few films I'd recommend watching with earphones in. If you don't have like a great surround sound setup in your like TV, watch it with earphones in because this sound design in this is remarkable. Like there are times where you know how films do the tinnitus effect. Yeah. Like a uh, baby driver does it a lot. There's sort of that constant hum to your voice because when you're sort of in his point of view, he's got the tinnitus. It's so well mixed in this film that several times watching it on my laptop, I paused the movie. Because I thought my ears were ringing, <laughs> and it was the movie. <laughs> like it does such a great job of like getting you into like how that would feel to be like that overwhelming sound of of like yeah, yeah. Another film I don't have too much to say about because it's a very simple film, but a, a a very very good film. Cool. I'll put it on. I feel like I've said that so many times. Now. <laughs> Yeah. The same. We have, yeah. We have, we just missed each other entirely this year somehow. Um, I spend the rest uh, of this year watching the ones I missed, and then next year I'll have watched none of these films. So it's great. <laughs> That's what happens every year. Um, I feel like I could write a good top ten for twenty twenty now. Um, Finally. Nope. Uh, right. Number five now. Tie into the uh. top five. Is where yeah. things get real. What have you got? No, don't say that. Don't oh. say that. Don't just, don't just leave that to when I've said mine. Because <laughs> mine is Godzilla versus Kong. Oh what? Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected. Okay. <laughs> right. 
you're going to hate me because I've gave... Uh, I've done Already my best do, but to, go on. Yeah, I've done my best to give every other one like a legitimate reason why I loved it. I love Godzilla vs. Kong because I like big monsters fight each other. I like that. I'm a very simplistic man. I like red meat, I like beer, and I like big fight stuff. Sue me. I respect you can argue it. with this. Yeah. yeah, like you've just you've just admitted that. Yeah, okay, fair you've enough. You've sold it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good enough reason that can be number five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my my next four after this, I think I'm I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me with at least three out of four of them. Maybe not placement wise, but you'll agree with the movies. Just Godzilla vs Kong. It's just God. It's funny. <laughs> And Alexander Skarsgård was like a solid act, like a solid lead. Was you know Alexander? That's fi- I don't know which one's which. The the one that played Tarzan. Yeah, Alexander. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. If it's not. One minute. I, I got the in page. <laughs> yeah, it was Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. Okay. And obviously, Millie Bobby Brown was back. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now Nathan. We're in the top five. We're in the epitome of good things. Things get real. Uh, Josh, what'd you have for five? I had Fear Street 1978. So part two. So I like this. is my favorite. This I think I just had to put this middle of the ground because I think this is it was good. It was it was shot well, well written, it was fun, and a lot of people got slashed up by an axe, and that was fun. Um, nice. I, <laughs> I think like yeah, Fear Street. This is definitely my favorite of the three. Like, mm-hmm. by probably a fairly long shot, to be honest. And I think because it's the most slashery slasher out of them. I think you've got one which does a lot of classic horror tropes and adds a lot in, but it's also very unique compared to the others. You've got yeah. number three, which is just the weird one, which I liked, but. <laughs> probably the least but number two was like that nice sweet spot where it was unique enough throwing in all these random little things that keeps you engaged but also was you know friday 13th enough and that it was just it was just it took takes you back you can feel young watching it like you're watching a slasher again whilst also <laughs> looking at all these actors i realize not many people that watch slashers amazing. when they're like nine but uh, i did yeah, so let's go with it uh, so, yeah, you're talking to the right two people though yeah <laughs> definitely but yeah i think fear street 2 just it was the just a perfect movie for when it came out during like middle of the year exactly when it needed to and just just a nice escape and again lots of people got slashed to death which was kind of fun yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna talk a lot on yeah on midnight screening and whatnot about how fun yeah. a dumb horror movie is. Yeah, and but, this is yeah, this was great. I loved this movie as well. well it's I another last minute cut. I like you guys have really been picking up the ones I had to leave off the list. Yeah. Thank you. Um, One thing I like always long for in like a a slasher movie is that oh shit kill. Oh, there the, the kill that happens, you just go, oh shit! There are yeah. a few oh, in, in Fear Street. Like, yeah, it's a very campy, like you were saying, very Friday the 13th movie. And yeah. <clears throat> great. Yeah. Uh, my next pick is maybe the antithesis to Fear Street a little bit. Okay. Uh, but still a horror movie. Uh, my number five is Last Night in Soho. Ah, I was waiting for Oh, okay. 
Yeah, kicking off so my top high. five. Um, I'll be honest with you, my top five I found very hard to place. Mm. Um, all five of these movies I think are are great and could have been number one. Um. So every year there's a film that comes out that is like incredibly divisive. Like critics and audiences are very split down the middle. Uh, yep. And I've come to learn that if a film's got like a fifty to sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, that means I'm gonna absolutely love it. In that <laughs> this year, that was last night in Zoho. <laughs> yeah, this is the most seventies Brian De Palma exploitationy, gross, depressing horror film since the actual 70s. Like, this thing was so good. <laughs> like, it was... Oh. I, I agree. I don't even know how else to explain it. It's just the it. amount of time in the cinema I sat there thinking, they made this. <laughs> like, they did this. They let Edgar Wright make this. They did especially, it. They did it well. Especially in, like, the third act, where it goes, it goes full Brian De Palma insanity yeah. it just and like like i'll say one of the songs that's divisive i understand if you hated this like i get it if this is not it's not the film that i thought we were seeing when we went to see it it's not the film i was expecting whatsoever but it's so good and so like every other Edgar Wright movie so brilliantly shot so meticulously edited all the like music and song choices are so perfect for the moment. That's going on my watch list. It should definitely. Yeah. So, as soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, "That looks weird." I should watch that. It's very weird. Weird um, is definitely a good word to use. <laughs> it's probably the only word to use <laughs> for that film. Um, and Anya Taylor Joy sings "Downtown," and I didn't know she was a really good singer. Of course she does. She makes that sound creepy in this film as well. Which she is... really does. In a way that only Anya Taylor Joy could. Yeah. Does she yeah. sing it like slowly or something? Yeah. Just, I think it's a combination of how she sings it, but then also like the atmosphere the of it. Like everything it, yeah. just that leads right. up to that moment. And then it's just, oh, it's so eerie when she does it. All right. Yeah. I also think it's a film I want to go back to because the more I've sat thinking about it, the more I realized there were things I missed. <laughs> You know, the more I've been like, wait a minute, did he say that line? Because that happened, and then this happened in the film. Did that tie into... What I'm saying is it's an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love Edgar Wright. You know? Um, right, we've all done a five, five, uh, four tie. What have we got? A four. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. There it is. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. So good. Like, I went to see the cinemas last night and I walked out and literally, I like, I walked up the bridges, got on the bus, pulled my phone out, got a letterbox, added it to my diary there, mate. Five stars. Love it. <laughs> so good. Legitimately, like, I, I had zero problems with it. Which is weird. Because... There, there's always one problem with Marvel movies. Always one. I had legitimately zero problems with Spider-Man No Way Home. It was absolutely fantastic. And there was times where I'm like, I've got to cry. This is too much. Why are they doing this to me? 
and then yeah. Okay. And obviously, when certain things happened, I'm not. I can't do. I can't say this because this came out like the the end of 2021. I can't go into too much detail. Everyone knows what I'm going to be talking about, but I'm not going to say it. But when a certain thing happens, me and Kyle freaked our minds because it was just glorious. Oh my god, it's such a good movie. And Alfred Molina is fantastic. Willem Dafoe, absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Jamie Foxx, wonderful. Yeah. Such a good movie. And it was funny as well. <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, they, they throw a joke in there that's like, it, like, have you thrown it at the wrong time? No. It's the perfect time when you're waiting for a fight to ask a dumb question that a few people have been wanting to ask. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, again, I mean, I've already given my thoughts, but yeah, it's a, it's a very good popcorn movie that Wait. does everything it kind of needed to do. Yeah. George, have you yeah. said No Way Home? What is it? I have not yet, no. All right, I did the catch. that was our first three, Pete. Oh. Uh, let's let's see though, Josh. Well, it will be now because my number four is Spider Man No Way Home. No way! It's not <laughs> I a can joke. Just feel that coming there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. And I've got to say this. I think it's my big thing. I agree with everything almost that's been said about No Way Home. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest difference, especially from what you just said, Ty, is that I mm-hmm. I could point out a lot of problems with this film. There's quite a few oh, here right. and there, like consistency problems, just general issues with film. But do you know what? The whole time I was watching it, I did not care in the slightest. Mm. This film was just fan made. Like, it's this yeah. was made for fans of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have so many more problems than it did have. And I would still love it. I was smiling almost all through the movie. And the bits where I weren't smiling was because it was they wanted me not to be smiling. You know, I yeah. was invested in this yeah. film from the second scene until the end of those credits because. I felt like a child again watching Spider-Man and I just loved every minute of it. It was just, it immersed me and it just, oh, it just did what no Spider-Man film has done yet because it just brings so much together and just makes it just so, just perfect in that sense of it's not a film that's trying to be part of the MCU. It's not a film that's trying to be a Spider-Man film exclusively. It's a film that's made to make the fans happy and just make them remember why they love the character of Spider-Man so much. And it nails it. Yeah. I want to, um, me and Josh saw this together, um, yes. and because I'm me, before I really settled into my thoughts on stuff, I just kind of say things out loud, and I did go, a couple things annoyed me, and I think I mentioned one, and Josh turned to him and went, yeah, you're right, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just, I was just, I was so content with life for like the next week after watching that, it was, oh, but yeah, that's my number four. Uh, that's great. Um. Oh, I feel it would have been great if this that was my number four. Yeah. I have a no. different number four. Guessing that. Uh, number four is Dune. Um. I'm sorry, Josh. I hate to, I hate to do this right after you've just had your Spider-Man moment. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm just going to mute for yes. a couple minutes. <laughs> number one. Is, uh, number one. No, four. <laughs> no, I have myself. Number four is Dune. Um, first off, I, I do have to, again, agree with Josh that, like, this is 
the most beautiful movie of the year. Because it's a Denis Villeneuve movie, and of course it is. Like, it's yeah. just stunning. The whole way through. Mm. Watching this on a big screen, with, like, surround sound, with that incredible sound mixing, and just, obviously just that blown up on the big screen, just amazing. It felt like watching... Like, it felt like I was being, like, rewarded for something, getting to see something so great. <laughs> like, a rare, like, cinema experience. I don't think I've felt like that in a cinema since Blade Runner 2049, which is not a coincidence, because that was Denis Villeneuve's last movie. Right. It was better. <laughs> it is, it is better. I will, gi- I will give you that. <laughs> Josh, you were saying about Spider- What you were saying about Spider-Man, you could point out multiple flaws with it, yeah. but you don't care. Dune is very similar for me. Because this film has a major pacing problem that comes yep. down to the fact it's literally half a movie. And I've ranted and ranted about the half a movie thing about other films for a long time to the point where people are very fed up with me talking about Deathly Hallows. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this might be my favourite part one movie ever just because I got I got invested enough to be upset that the film was over. Like, I could have sat there for another three hours and watched the rest of it in that moment. When they're both out, I'm definitely doing that. Like, when I have access to both of them physically, I'm, I'm watching them in one go. Mm. And I'm sure it's going to be... I'm hoping, anyway, it'll be just exactly how I picture it in my head. I'm sure it's going to be um, a long day when you do that. That'll be, yeah, that'll be like a six-hour movie um, of people walking through the desert. <laughs> um, well, that's it. Yeah, I, it, it just amazes me that a movie that is essentially Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson walk through the desert for three hours is my fourth favourite film of the year. But it is. It's very good. Mm. Uh, although, uh, PSA to the internet, to everyone else on the internet, stop calling this adult Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it's not. Star Wars was it's, good. It's not adult <laughs> Star Wars. It's, shut up. It's not adult <laughs> Star Wars. It's Game of Thrones in space. Yeah, okay? no, it, it, that's, that's what it worse. is. That's it's worse. Game of Thrones in space. Wait, what um, season? Like season one to Game of Thrones. Like okay, right. Like you're being introduced to multiple families and their inner right. politics and, God, and yeah. but it's in space. So um, their names are even weirder. Wait, their names are, except for Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> is, is Peter Dinklage in it? No, no, yet. but yeah. it feels like Don't he should like be. <laughs> Uh, don't like it. Although I think there's only one major character that isn't cast. Yeah. And that's the guy Sting played in the other version. See, I knew about Dune because of my dad. Yeah, your dad's a big fan of the David Lynch one, right? Yeah. And then yeah. he obviously asked you what you thought of it. And then mm-hmm. you told him one thing and he looked at me and went, I'm not going to see that. That, yeah, that interesting. <laughs> I not what you said. I said, um... That's just a good point in general. I like David Lynch's Dune quite a lot. I think it gets a bad rap. I think it's something people should go back to and appreciate for what it is, for the restraints it had at the time and everything. Um, but it's very silly. Yeah. And the thing I told that your was dad it was, it, it's silly. a lot... Yeah, I said it was a lot more serious. Hey, look at um, me, right? I'm not going to see it. <laughs> what it's down to okay. is, I think both versions are very respectful of the book. They're just mm. very different interpretations. The way David Lynch handles hard sci-fi is to be camp and the way Denis Villeneuve handles hard sci-fi is to not acknowledge how ridiculous the concepts are uh, which both are valid mm. um, 
it just made this yeah like it's very rare to see a film like this with such again science fiction nonsense in it where there's not even one joke at its expense none of the characters go what's up with this that's weird like modern day star wars you know like yeah no there's not a they fly now scene um but yeah dune is very good and josh is wrong I'm saying that to try and get Ryza out of me, he's not even... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being the bigger man, because I know ultimately that you're wrong, and... Uh... Well, that's, that's the thing, though, as I've acknowledged earlier, you're not wrong, because your issue is mainly that, that, again, huge pacing problem it has, where the climax happens in the middle, and then the film doesn't end, but... <laughs> the climax happens, you don't even realise the climax is happening. No, that, that, just... no the, the, the climax of the plot happens and yeah. is amazing, but then the film has an hour to go. <laughs> it's just, oh. And then it fades out. The, also, yeah. they totally just they they totally just baited all Zendaya fans into watching this film because she's in like a total of like what five minutes screen time. I think Maybe? it is five minutes, it's, and she has she's... like three lines. <laughs> and it's like a three-hour film. Like, oh, yeah. they just oh. I think she's going to be very good in the sequel. It's all, <laughs> she's she's the well film cast. Set. Um, I'm going to before when the second one comes out, what I'm going to do is watch like a five minute recap of the first one because I'm never watching that again. All I can all I can say, Josh, is I'm very very excited for the sequel. Like that's I again I genuinely felt kind of sad that the film was over and I have to wait like a few years for them to make the rest of the film. That's, that was sad because I thought I was watching something that was leading to something, but you're right. Now I have to wait several <laughs> years before I get to see what it was leading to for three yeah, years. That's it. As much as we disagree with the quote of this film, we both agree oh. that we're now sad that we can't finish the film yet. <laughs> you're sad. I'm just pissed off. Um, wait, let's. Before Josh gets. Like, before Josh leaves <laughs> the call. Aneurysm. <laughs> um, Ty, what's your number three? What, top three, by the way. We're going yeah. to top three. Top three, this yeah. Is, Right. Um, it is Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yeah. Didn't see I... that coming. What is wrong, Josh? I've not seen it, so I can't judge. Exactly. I, mean, I technically can't judge, but I can make a good educated assumption that I will judge you it's very just, hard after I see this film. Unexpected, oh, no, you Ty. Won't. No, you <laughs> won't. This film's great. Oh, God, the special effects, everything. It's actually true to game as well. You mean the whole film's love. just two people punching each other side by side? No. So it's like not the storyline really. of game. Also, <laughs> Goro looks like Goro. He doesn't look like a fucking four-armed guy who hasn't seen the sun in a while. He actually legitimately looks like Goro. Oh, Kung Lao's in this. Oh my god. Like, if you loved Mortal Kombat games, it, like, as a kid, you'll love this movie. Oh my god. The, it, the casting for this was perfect. The guy that plays Scorpion is incredible. The guy that plays Sub-Zero is incredible. Uh, Shang Tsung, a girl. They have introduced a new person who's not um, related to Mortal Kombat. Like, the original ones, they obviously, they were following Liu Kang. Liu Kang's already an established character in this movie, and Ludi Lin, or Ludi Lin, as uh, Liu Kang, is fantastic. Um, 
yeah, the effects are incredible. The storyline is fantastic. And yeah, it's great. Okay. I'll watch it and then judge you at a later date. Uh, you will not judge yeah, me. Yeah, having not no, seen no, no, this, no. there's not a lot Josh, we can do. <laughs> what's going to happen is you're going to come to me with your tail between your legs and go, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. Of course you did. It was great. Just because I enjoy it doesn't mean I think I can respect that it'll ever be a top three of this year. But I'm with past it. Do you know of the of the fifty? Lego said is our top ten. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Am I saying is, is it the best film that's came out this year? No. Okay. Yeah. So Josh, what is in the top three? Yeah. What's your top three this huh? year? Yeah. What's My in, number, what's three number three. It's something that, you know, it's been debated if it can be classed as a film in the top three, but Nathan said I could count it, so I'm counting it because he also wanted to count uh, it, I think. Oh, uh, you fucking suck. Is Not exactly what this is. Inside uh, by Bo Burnham. Don't you even fuck. You're representing a masterpiece. Combat, and yours is a fucking Bo Burnham. Oh my god. This is a masterpiece. This man <laughs> single-handedly wrote, shot, directed everything for this one-hour special and it visually is one of the best things I've seen in the year. This is... The cinematography in this one-hour special alone is better than dozens of films I've seen in the past. And this guy did it on his own in his shed, essentially. It's just a glorified shed. It is well-written. It is genuinely heart-wrenching at points because he's just so honest. As It's technically a comedy special, but oh my god, I've never laughed less at a comedy special but for good reason. It's meant to be like that. The songs he writes for it, I've been stuck in my head for over a year now. It's just, oh. It's, I, I find no flaws. The only reason it's not higher is because I get sad every time I watch it, so I can't watch <laughs> it that much. Not even joking. It's just, I love this. Bo Burnham completely nailed everything about it. And it just, I lo- the fact that he shot it single-handedly alone and some of those shots are just what they are, should go in far enough to see why it's number three. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, we did bend the rules a little bit. Are we allowed inside? Um, really, no, for no other reason than just the fact that I genuinely believe this is a, a film. <laughs> it's it's not a comedy special, it's a movie. Um, and that's why we allowed it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to go into any more detail. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> it will come. Uh, but I will use Bo Burnham as my transition into my number three. Because my number three is Promising Young Woman. Okay. Um, this was one of the first films I saw this year. And it set an impossibly high bar for the rest of the year. Um... You heard I was saying Last Night in Soho was my controversial people love it or hate it film for this year that I loved. Yep. It was one of two, I guess, because Promising Young Women is another mm. mental, I totally understand if you hated it, hate movie that I just adored. It's bold and brash and unapologetic in a way that very few films are, because confrontational doesn't tend to be a phrase used positively when talking about art. <laughs> um, but it is. It's very confrontational and aggressive in a very intelligent way. Like, it's got something to say, but it's saying it in a way that's like, you should know this already. We should be past yeah. this message. 
like it's almost angry at the idea of having to repeat this type of message again which is yeah it's 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 hard to go into it without like it's a film you kind of just need to see to fully understand what i mean by that but it is yeah insane in a beautiful beautiful way that, that very very few filmmakers are willing to 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 cross that sort of threshold that it did um yeah, I don't really want to talk too much more about it because I don't want to give away okay. reasons as to why it's as insane as it is. That one has been on my watch list. I've just not got around to it yet, to be fair. But that is, it's also it's another tough set one. Um, yeah, I yeah. figured it would be. <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine a lot of people not having got around to it yet. Um, so we're at number two. Yes, number two. Correct. Uh, Ty, I'm going to disappoint. I'm going to. Connect to Nathan again because my number two is Promising Young Woman. Hey. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Even though I got lied to about it, Nathan. I fully, yeah, lied to. I, I, stand, by it. I stand by why you lied to me. Still upset you lied to me because I was so happy. And then I got really sad. And then once I finished being sad, I just got really mad at you. For not yeah, fucking like, warning me. How, how did you lie? Well, uh, what no, happened? I Without, can't. I'm not gonna tell him the like plot or anything. I'm not gonna go into too much detail with this story no. for Josh's sake. But there's, no. I saw the film. I watched the film, and then I talked to Ty, which I loved it, and how like it's crazy, and it went like the second half because it's all these directions. And, and he I'd was, seen the trailer. Went, he seen the trailer and went, "Oh, I'm gonna watch it," and I was like, "Oh no, he'll figure it out." based on what I've said. So I just yeah. told him the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> because I'd seen so that he'd have the, the same moment I did. I seen yeah. something in the trailer and I was like, oh, it's this. And he went, no, it's this. I'm like, oh, it's I just sweet. went, don't worry about that. It's fine. So happy. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, I'm so hurt. And I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be along oh. the same lines as Nathan. I'm not going to go into too much detail. It is a very mm. tough set about a very, a very horrible subject. Um, again, great performances. Um, again, by Alfred Molina, he's in this. Yes, and I'm sorry. Good. The ending, Chef's Kiss, beautiful, mm-hmm. just gorgeous. Not visually, just when it sets in, you're like, oh my god, that's incredible. Oh my god. So yes, if you haven't seen Promising Young Women, it is a tough one, but please, please watch it. Well, okay, I'll get on it then. Oh my god! Well, once again, we've kind of had a moment where we've we've raved and raved about something Josh hasn't seen yet. So we should let Josh speak again. Josh, yeah. what's at number two? Nathan. Oh yeah, it's me. I was like, Nathan's not okay. My number two, you. and this will take some explaining because I don't know if like it's necessarily my number two overall, but I felt like I had to put it here, and that is tick tick <laughs> boom. Okay. Right. I was and wondering be, where this was. I'll be completely honest. I think if I got the chance to see West Side Story this year, that would be number two, and Tick Tick Boom wouldn't necessarily be on the list. Or, but I felt like Tick Tick Boom is just amazingly shot. I think throughout all of it, there's one part in Tick Tick Boom which I hate, and that's the diner scene. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Some people loved it, some people hated it. But apart from that, this whole film I just loved. I think the songs were great. I think I loved the transitions between the live action section and like the flashbacks. I think that was just most mostly done great. There was one or two bits that was weird with that, but I think they really took the original Tick Tick Boom stage show and just really 
managed to spread it out and just expand it to something that they've done really well there and they've not ruined it in any sense instead they've just managed to just they've really just added to what it is and i think it's great yeah uh i think you're right this is the best version of tactic boom i think i don't think that's controversial i hope it's not because i don't want musical fans mad at me (laughs) no um but i think we all agree um (laughs) from what i've seen people agree with me there um and I love Andrew Garfield, man. He is so good in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His performance just... in this, just... I never thought anyone would, like... Oh. He, he is just Jonathan Larson come to life. And it's, it's it. I, I wouldn't have cast him as Jonathan Larson in my head like, until I, I saw it. other way I can describe it. It, it is, yeah. It is Jonathan Larson. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it, he nails it. He loses himself in that role. I think you were saying about, like, the diner scene... From, it didn't make my list just because there are one or two moments that just didn't sit with me that make it a more interesting watch. It's a film I definitely recommend to more people than even some of the films that did make my list. Um, but yeah, I I totally get why it's on at your number two. Like, I just think it was great. So, but but Josh, yeah, <laughs> you know how you said. Uh, that if you saw a particular movie, you, you, you may have had to not take the boom down a little bit. It, I think I know where this is going, but yes, I know exactly what I said. Uh, <laughs> I think you'd be right, because West Side Story is phenomenal. Okay, this is okay. my number two. Uh, <laughs> not to spoil what number one is, <laughs> but West Side Story is number two. I wonder. Um, <laughs> I... I literally can't even think what your number one is going to be. Oh, you can! I could tell you. <laughs> You'll right figure now. it out in a second. Yeah. Um, Go on, no, West West Side Story. Okay. How do I explain this? I mentioned in Dune, like sitting that in a cinema felt like watching something special. Like West Side Story felt like watching one of the classics for the first time. If that makes sense. Like, what I imagine the feeling would have been like to just yeah. be around mm. during the Golden Age and watch one of the Golden Age musicals. Like, it, it, that's what it felt like. If one of, if okay. the Golden Age was actually now, that's what Spielberg's West Side Story is. Because it's a perfect adaptation of West Side Story, but modernised in a way that's like... It's got modern cinematography, and it's got, like, a modern... A couple characters are changed like a little bit. They do like a little, you know, they they spruce it up to appeal to mainstream audiences without pandering, without disrespecting the show itself. Yeah. Without disrespecting the original movie. Because it's clearly directed by someone that saw it when they were very young and fell in love with movies because of it. Spielberg's talked about how West Side Story is one of his favourite films and he's. he, He crafted something so just perfectly put together from from every aspect that every shot is incredible there's this opening tracking shot that lasts like two minutes and is great that leads into the like first confrontation between the sharks and the jets which then leads into the jet song it flows so well um and casting as well this film is full of like broadway actors but not big name broadway actors they didn't just get like adina menzel and christopher jackson like, mm. they cast it brilliantly. Newcomer Rachel Zegler, I think so you say her name, as Maria, just is Maria. Like, <laughs> I won't be able to see anyone else as Maria anymore. That's perfect. Give her the Oscar now. 
and see this movie. No one did because of no one did because of Spider Man. Um, but you should. Yeah, it's definitely one. Like I'm a huge West Side fan, so I'm definitely you're gonna love it. It's on the list like, for soon. I just haven't got around to it yet, which I, annoys me so much because I want to see it so bad. I am wondering now if I subconsciously lowered Spider Man in my ranking just because I'm mad about the West Side Story <laughs> thing. How <laughs> much money this movie lost because of that Spider Man movie. Um, but yeah, if 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 you love the Golden Age era musicals, and if you're like me and you've had a problem with this like resurgence in musicals, we've had a slight issue with each one. This is the film you've been waiting on seeing. Like this is the film. That, that fixes those problems modern musicals tend to have. And I'll leave it there so we can get into the number one spot on each of our lists. Mm-hmm. Starting starting with, with Mr. Hennessy over there. Ty, what you got? My number one is Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's why when you said it was terrible. I was not oh judging, my but I was, sorry, God. I was surprised what <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. not a bad pick at all, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, Legend of the Ten Rings was I'm fantastic. I'm interested. Oh, it was so good. Like, I think I've watched it twice since it came out. It's just such a rewatchable film because, and it like oh, I can't remember who I think it was Josh that said it like like, like take us back to like like um. Marvel in the beginning, essentially. Like, there was no... There was no blooming... Like, there was no, like... It was, like, new characters. Like, a fresh outlook. It was just, like, old-school Marvel movies. Like, Iron Man 1, Thor 1, Captain America. Stuff like that. It was just, like... Everything was new and fresh. And, oh, God. I just loved it. Fair yeah. enough. And I, the can, action I can respect scenes, yeah. this decision, Ty. The action scenes were incredible. The bus was fantastic and um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. The, kinda, yeah the bamboo scaffolding it reminded me of oh. rush hour 2 if you've ever seen rush hour 2 like jack and jan has yeah. a fight on the bamboo you shoots. What you're saying still oh and then the, the the underground like fight scene the fight club oh yeah was incredible yeah. Ah, oh, it's just a great movie. Yeah, as we don't have much to add, we've both given our thoughts already. Um, yeah, which shows that we respect yeah. it as a pick because it's on our lists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very good film. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I know what Josh's is. Oh, I think you do. If you if you'd had the proper think, you'd know. I think I do. Wait, can I ask one question before you reveal it? Yeah, go for it. Has it been said already? Yeah. Has been, yes. I think I know what it is. Right, go for it, Josh. What's your number one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, drum roll, please. Last night in Soho. Yeah, that's what I this, this film. Interesting, that's your first, number one. That's my number. I think the more I think about it, the more I a, need to see it again so many more times. But also, I just love Edgar Wright for doing this. I think this film is genuinely just beautiful i don't mean that just visually i mean everything about this although it's horrifying and gruesome and just downright awful at points it is amazing i think all 
the casting choice is perfect, especially Anya Taylor Joy and Matt Smith. Matt Smith in this film creeps me out to think about to this day. Yeah, he just nailed the role absolutely perfectly. And oh, there's so many of the shots, especially the tracking shots when they they change back their timing and they're switching to Anya Taylor Joy's scenes. It's just they've done it so so well and there's not a moment watching this film where i was drawn out of what was happening i was constantly waiting to see what's happening and every twist they threw and every time they make you think you know what's happening and you know you don't it's not what they're trying to make you think's happening so you think it's something else turns out it's something completely different it's just edgar wright managed to nail everything about this film and the more i think about it the more annoyed i get that i've only seen it once because i i need to watch it more just to understand what the hell happened in that entire thing yeah, I, I very much respect that. I did not see that coming, actually, as your number one. Yeah. It's, I agree with everything yeah. you said, though. Like, <laughs> I, I also love that movie. <laughs> it's just, yeah, um, it was a movie. I can't stop thinking about it. And every time I think about it, I think about it more. I'm interested that you said, like, you want to see it again. I don't know if I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> it made me I feel gross. to watch it again. <laughs> I took like oh. a cold shiver when I got home after watching that movie. <laughs> I need to see it more just to understand. What, oh, yeah. I'm watch it. I'm real glad. I'm real glad that you two are the people I've decided to do this show with. Because when I was talking about the fact that I like, again, if there's a fifty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, it's going to be in my top ten. It's very fun to me that the two films that kind of happened with this year, uh, you both also individually had on your list very high <laughs> last um, night in soho deserves it it just it does um so uh, time for my I number one I guess which what your number one is it, it shouldn't surprise anyone if you've i mean i don't think i've ever mentioned it online properly i guess if you only know us from doing these kind of things you'll be surprised maybe um but if you know me at all in real life you should know my favorite film of this year was Inside by Bo Burnham. Oh yeah. I yep. can't think of a single piece of art that has meant as much to me as Inside has in years. <laughs> like this broke me. Um turn the context off. Bo Burnham was like my hero in high school. Which Josh could attest to. I knew all the words to every yes. Bo Burnham song. Even the terrible, offensive ones from before he was clever. <laughs> I could do... Especially I... the terrible, offensive ones. Unf- yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'm gl- I'm so glad there's a song about that in Inside as well. <laughs> um, True. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to this day I could probably recite all of the 2013's what? Like, verbatim without watching it. The amount of times I watched that when I was younger. So I've always loved Bo Burnham. I've always loved his sort of brand of, of humour. And from like, yeah, from what onwards, the way he... The way he manages to, to make something funny and engaging out of really quite dark subject matters and really personal subject matters. Uh, So... The context of having him quit stand-up comedy try and return and then the world go into lockdown <laughs> mixed with the fact that he already makes incredible deeply personal material this was always going to be great 
but I don't think I was prepared for how, yeah, like you were saying, how well shot it is. That blew my yeah. mind. The cinematography in this film is incredible, considering so much of it, like, is lit with phones in, like, the ring lights and things like that. This isn't how you make a movie. This is one guy, again, you're saying in a shed, just... But it, it, it looks better than 90% of things major Hollywood productions are doing. And it made me cry. And then I watched it again, and it made me cry again. And then I watched it again, and it kept happening. So I bought the soundtrack on vinyl. Yep. It was... I, I've gushed over this already. So I just agree yeah. with everything you just said. It's... Yep. I think this is the most... Uh... Yeah, this is the film... From this year, I think I'm going to go back to the most. I think I'm going to be thinking about most going forward. It's also the one I think is going to be part of film schools in the future. <laughs> like, It's just given the world so much as well. Especially yeah, hatred towards Jeffrey Bezos has increased. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. It's also, the way we talk about it, it's also funny. Like, there are really funny moments in this. Um... It's just the hard-hitting moments stick with you so much more, which is intentional. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's a bit of a bummer note to end on. I should have <laughs> looked at what my number one was before I picked the order <laughs> we were doing this in. But, uh, yeah, I guess that that's it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you for li- thank you all for listening. Those were our picks. Do you agree with any of us? Do you disagree with any of us? Is there anything we just missed entirely yep. that you think we should watch? There, there are. Yeah. Um, I could name several oh, films sure. from the from the yeah, last I'm, year. I I'm wish I saw. <laughs> uh, I could do a whole separate episode on honorable mentions that didn't make my list. Um, so do tell us, and yeah, we'll hopefully see them. And we like watching good movies, so if you have good movies we didn't see, tell us about them. Don't be like, don't keep them to yourself. That's mean. Um, obviously uh, thanks to Josh and Ty for, for doing this with me this one took slightly more research than, than our usual episodes do Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah if you like it like it uh, that's how I say that now This, if you're watching YouTube this should be in the midnight screening Spotify feed it'll have a, its own title it'll be, it'll be obvious what this is uh, and what nows will be doing that from now on, I don't know when the next What Now will be. It's a more spontaneous type show. We don't have a schedule for it like we do with Midnight Screening. Um, but if two or more of us see something new that we have a lot to say about, we'll be doing this. We'll sit down and record it and we'll get it out. Uh, hopefully in time for it to be relevant. Yeah. So uh, I guess on that note also, if there's things coming out this year that you genuinely for some reason want to hear us talk about, tell us what it is so we can start actually thinking about seeing things and uh we don't have uh, an outro at all <laughs> so no goodbye yeah bye guys <laughs> i was gonna say we just leave that big silence in but that goodbye is even better yeah. <laughs>